You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Oh, let's go. All right. Welcome back, Drink and Think Nation. We're back. Oh, it's Drink and Think with Dak and Dave. Dak is already partaking from the delicious nectar that is Miller Lite, uh, the, you know, unofficial, very unofficial sponsor of the Drink and Think with Dak and Dave podcast. For we those sponsor of you that them. Just, yeah, exactly. They don't sponsor for those, us. For those of you that are just joining, welcome to the team. Uh, this is one of those shows where you don't have to come in here and get ready to get angry. We just kind of come in here like you're coming to hang out with your bros we're going to drink some beers. We're going to talk about sports and life and uh, just have a good time. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute since we've kind of, you know, hopefully everybody's kind of figured out who we are at this point. But if you haven't, um, I'm Dak. Dummy over there is Dave. We've been best friends for, I don't know, like almost what like 14, 15 years now. What year is it? Um Almost 2023, bro. So that would have been 2008 to yeah. 2023. They were fucking old. We're yeah. getting there. Pump the numbers up. Yep. So we've been friends for a long time. We uh, we uh, were in the same ROTC program. Spent four years of college together. We were stationed together. And now I get to see his lovely face over the internet once a week. And so, yeah, we just kind of said, Hey, we love sports. We love beer. Let's do a podcast. And uh, we don't know shit. We have no credibility here, but we kind of tell you what we think and we hope you tell us back and we have fun and drink beer. And so here we are. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So uh, obviously for those of you that follow us on Instagram, uh, we gave our takes on the college football playoff rankings, but if you you haven't taken a look at that, just give you a, a preview. Um, Dak, you know, got this one right. He's on a little bit of a streak lately. He got both this and the Heisman finalists right, so there's gonna be no living with him after this. There's streaks in college. Uh, there are no streaks in the NFL whatsoever. Yeah. So big takeaways from the. College football playoff rankings is that um, Georgia will be in the championship. And win everything. And I think Michigan will be there, but I think TCU at least has a fighting chance in that one. Um, I Yeah, I agree. I think that's reasonable. Dude, I'm, I'm like at this point pulling for a, a – I'm jumping on the TCU bandwagon, I think. Um, I'd kind of like to see it. I kind of dogged them for a little bit, saying like, oh, the schedule wasn't great. These dudes aren't real. They're playing in a nobody conference. Well, it turns out they had a pretty good strength to schedule. Uh, it turns out they've got a, a quarterback with just sack for days. And so I kind of want to see him win the Heisman. I kind of want to see TCU do the whole thing and just upset City. And I'm usually not one that is for the upset. I usually like the dynasty because I feel like you've earned it. You've worked that hard, like – Tom's the goat because he practiced, you know, and and uh, Alabama's that way because Nick Saban sold his soul to the devil. So, you know, Georgia is supposed to win. Typically, I would climb on that. Nah, fuck that. I want TCU to win the day, and I'm going with there. Hey, did you know, though, this is the first CFP without a Clemson and or Alabama? I did not, but uh, at least, you know, Christmas come early this year because – Neither of those teams were in the shape that they should be for a CFP run, uh, although a lot of people have labeled me the Alabama lover because I posted a thing saying that people should look at Alabama's schedule 
and Ohio State schedule in a in a pretty similar light. I uh, didn't get a whole lot of love for that one. Obviously, the That's committee thought it differently. Super weird that you would be thought of as the Alabama lover because if if anyone knows you for five seconds, I mean, are you wearing an A&M shirt right now? I can't see your – you are? Yep, okay. Like you're a diehard A&M, which therefore it's like – it's like Newton's law. There's, you know, only so much mass. It cannot be created nor destroyed. You cannot be an AM fan and an Alabama fan or even support them. So we try to, you know, we try to discuss things that we think, but let's be clear. There's no love there. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think so. The early betting lines have already come out for uh, the opening. Uh, is that matchups. Newton? That's Einstein, isn't it? I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's that's Einstein. I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks Sorry for that. Carry uh, on. That goes. You know, sometimes we have little thoughts. Sometimes we have stupid thoughts. Sometimes we have big thoughts. That was one of those big thought moments. Sometimes uh, we have stupid big thoughts. Yeah, we could talk about that as well. Um, so early betting lines coming out, and I, I haven't run this by you, but I wanted to get your your opening thoughts. So early betting lines coming out for the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. Georgia minus six and a half over under 60. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you asked me this because I'm a big momentum dude. And so I feel like in a certain situation with a certain something on the line, people will play differently. I was, I bet everything to cover during the championship games because I thought this is your conference championship game. This is all the pride. They want to win. There were some blowouts. There were some better teams. And so I think here I would naturally go, well, look at the setting. This is CFP. This is the top four. This is going to be close. Maybe past, uh, past choices may show the light now. I think Georgia is a far superior football team. Um, so six and a half, if you would have said seven and a half, I would have been hesitant. I may take Georgia to cover here. Yeah, this one is, um, your initial thoughts are the last game that Ohio state played, they lost by 22 points when they were eight and a half point favorites at home without Michigan's best player. Their secondary got gashed by a, a very, very junior quarterback um so my initial thoughts is wow that's a really low total but at the same time you know looking at it from the other perspective is you thought you're out of it ohio state players right you thought you were gone and now you get that second chance do you strap up your boots a little bit tighter now do you kind of you thought you were all that you got humbled and now is it a time to go out there and get some? Yeah, is there a disrespect factor too? Because beating Georgia means you get Michigan again. Yeah, a le- chance to settle the score when it really matters. Type now, thing. I mean, if you're if you're looking ahead to Michigan again, Michigan again, and not looking at Georgia, you're a fool. But I'm sure that is playing in the background. Like we just got the brakes blown off of us. I, I'm here. I'm hungry. I'm ready to fight. I'm going to beat Georgia. Then I'm going to beat Michigan, and we're going to be national champions. So let's we'll see if the dog wants to eat. But I don't know. I'm, I like six and a half there for Georgia. Yeah, I like six and a half. I also like this total uh, with the over. Uh, we saw, obviously, LSU uh, being able to sling the ball around in the second half against Georgia. Now, granted, Georgia had already was already like blowing the doors off of them, so there, you got to take that into account. But you got to think Ohio State is probably good for about 24 points or so. And then if Ohio State hasn't figured out the whole defense thing, then Georgia's going to hold put up at least 40. So I don't I don't mind maybe taking the over here. I know Georgia's defense is very good, but at some point you got to think Ohio State's offense with as much power as they have is going to be able to put up some amount of points. Two Heisman candidate quarterbacks throwing it around too, so – are they going to air it out? That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Fiesta Bowl, 
Number three, TCU versus number two, Michigan. Michigan opening up at a minus nine over under 59 and a half. Yeah, I mean, the disrespect again to TCU, they drop one in a in a championship game. And now, you know, is Michigan that good? Do they not respect TCU? That's pretty big. Um, you know, I've said before in a NFL game, I'm going to bet a minus nine line all day. College is hard to tell. Um, I mean, you you would have thought that Michigan and Ohio State last week would have been a much tighter game, and it's like, well, that's 20-something points. So it's hard to tell on a spread like that. That's why I, I gradually throughout this season specifically started gravitating towards more mid-game bets and more over-unders and kind of leaving the spread alone. Yeah. Um, I really like the over here, um, 59, 60 points. Um, with going back to your points about Max Duggan earlier, uh, the guy is going to find a way, you know, he's going to put it all out there. I think TCU, um, the players, I mean, this is a whole different ball game for them. Michigan has a decent defense, but I think TCU is going to be able to, to score some points. But we can Blake Corum get back to a decent health where he'd be able to run the ball. Obviously, that would pose a, a ton of threats uh, against TCU. I do like the over here as well. And the reason being from my perspective is in the semifinal game, you're just happy you're there. You want to lay it all on the line because you want to get to the finals. So you're going to throw it out there. You're going to run all the crazy plays. You're going to do all the tricks and the double quarterback reverse, throw it upside down, Statue of Liberty plays. In the actual championship game, coaches tend to be a lot more hesitant. They tend to, especially in the first half, they don't want to make the call that's going to lose them the game. And so they tend to play a little bit more methodical. So I like the over in both of these matchups straight out the gate. Yeah, I won't fight you on that. Good, because you'd fucking lose. Yeah. Yeah. Losing a, a words battle. I'll beat your ass in real life. Where do you want to go right. from here? What are you uh, what are you drinking? Let's talk about some beer. My my okay. anger and aggression's coming out, so clearly I've had a beer or two. I... Maybe it's just you. I just wanna I just wanna punch your comb over right now. <laughs> I uh can't remember. But I think I may have already talked about this beer. This oh, has been a, a like crazy week for me, and I forgot to go out and do a beer run. I'm not sure though. Uh, so this is the Mountain Standard IPA. Does that sound like I've already talked no, about that one? No, you have not. No. Excellent. Well, I've got the Mountain Standard I- IPA <laughs> here. From did you hear that alarm? No. Oh, you didn't. Okay. I had an alarm go off on my phone because it is the alarm to move our elf on the shelf. Oh, our I have elf, to do that too. Our elf on the shelf is named Tippy. It's a girl. Ours and is Annie. Annie, nice. Uh, our kids are really, really big into elf on the shelf. It's like, it's pretty crazy. And so uh, we got to make sure to move elf on the shelf here. Tippy needs to go find a new place to hide. Yeah, I had a I had a middle of the night like woke out of a woke up out of a dead sleep like oh shit the elf and uh you know hauled tail in there and come up with something in the middle of the night. In reality, like, the elf on the elf on the shelf is just another thing for us to stress about over an already stressful holiday season. Um, but I get into it though. I like it. I do some cool stuff with our elf. Yeah. Are you big uh, into strapped, like, like staging it? Yeah, yeah. I strapped her. I strapped her up into a Swiss seat the other day and tied her to the fan, and she was like doing roundabouts for eight hours. That's pretty a good. Sweet. Swiss seat. Yeah. Nice. For those that don't know, uh, Swiss seat is something that you use, and I don't know if the, anyone else does it. I'm pretty sure like all other people that do rappelling just use a normal ass harness because it yeah. doesn't like cut your circulation off in your groin. But not in the army. In the army, you tie a Swiss seat with a piece of rope to ensure that you chafe your inside of your thighs uh, to a insane level. Uh, so Swiss seat 
it takes practice. You got to really cinch that son of a gun down. I may not have a harness though. I usually will have a rope. So there you go. There you go, folks. Um, um so moving yeah, from me- Swiss seats into brewskis. Yeah. Um, tell me this, about your beer. This is uh, in honor of Odell Beckham, who apparently may come oh, to the Cowboys. No, he's there, baby. Yeah, I know he went to the Mavs game. Yeah. He's getting he uh, the team doctor. I did, although I did hear a report out of the Cowboys potential report that they weren't super happy with the knee rehab he'd been doing since he tore the ACL two years ago. But uh, in honor of Odell and potentially coming to the Cowboys, I have Odell Brewing Company. Their Mountain Standard IPA. This is from Fort Collins, Colorado. It has juicy tropical notes and bold, vibrant, vibrant aromas, which means they have probably some citra in there. Okay. What Ops. else? Give me, give me one other. New England citrus hop. Hold on, give me a second. I won't take your time. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, no, I got nothing. It's been a nothing. Citra and dude, the fact that I came up with citra, you should be happy with. You said it last week. I'm a you know me, I'm a one hit wonder. So from a color standpoint, it looks kind of like a mimosa like the right type of mimosa, I think. So it's not like super orange juicy. It's got, you know, some clearness in it. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a caveman when it comes to this stuff, but I do like drinking it. I'm a caveman that enjoys a beer, specifically a hazy IPA. And this is a good one. So good on you. Mountain standard IPA. I think I gave it a 4.0 on untapped. There you go. I too have a, a kind of a hazy IPA tonight. Uh, I'm pulling from Pipeworks, which I think so. Yeah, Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago, I think. I don't know. I'm 99% sure this is the Chicago Brewing Company. Pipeworks is pretty big uh, and growing. They've got some pretty cool stuff. Tonight, I'm drinking Coretta Cats, which is a – she says it's an IPA. Oh, it's an IPA with blood orange. So, um, again, like yours, very tropical this is legitimately like orange juice. Like it is like hoppy orange juice. So you really get that juicy juiciness to it. There's orange blood orange. You can taste like the orange peel even like they probably brewed it with some shavings from the orange or blood orange, but surprisingly kind of crushable. Um, pretty, pretty hoppy, but it goes down pretty smooth. Um, and two, Throw out some other hops for you for your edumacation. You know, mosaic. you're never wrong. You're, there you go. You're never wrong in saying mosaic, galaxy, and amarillo. Um, those are pretty tropical hops that you see, especially uh, in American beers. Galaxy and mosaic are like, that's the hotness now. Everybody's mixing those in their beers. So, uh, I honestly, this is so juicy that I can't pull specific hop flavors out of it. I think the blood orange that they may have added because it almost tastes like an additive and not hop traditional. Uh, I can't delineate what is what in there, but nonetheless, definitely drinkable, definitely crushable. And I enjoyed it. So Pipeworks usually has like, that's their forte is some pretty hopped up IPA. So I grab what I can when I can. I will remember the Amarillo because that is. Oh, George. Name of my favorite country music song. Mm. All right. All right. That covers the uh, the beer part. Um, I do wanted to get into this, and you and I talked about it earlier, but it's been pretty established that while the Heisman Trophy is not a specifically quarterback award, it has basically become a quarterback award. You know, the amount of players that have received it that were non-quarterbacks is infinitesimal mm. in comparison to the quarterbacks. So my question to you, is that fair? And is that the right, is that the right way to do it as the definition is the most outstanding player in college football? 
Yeah. So I think there's a couple of aspects to it. Um, you know, I don't like the whole like participation trophy idea, right? I think it should be the four best dudes this year in college football go to New York. The problem is, is one, how do you compare players from other positions, right? So there's got to be some kind of feel good in, in there, you know, who's getting media attention, who's getting wins, you know, uh, as a defensive player, like Arkansas, who's six and six, had two dudes that were just crushing the defensive side of the ball and had like a million tackles, right? So had lots of talent. You'll never see them in New York. Why? Because Arkansas sucks. And, you know, two, it's hard to compare those stats. So it's very easy to look at a quarterback linearly and say, well, we can compare his attempts, his yards, his – Yards thrown, his yards rushed, how many sacks he received, his record overall. Obviously, the quarterback is the leader of the team. He is the name that is known and associated with that university. So it's easy and tangible to pull that quarterback right. as the number one guy for that team. Now, secondly, I will say I completely agree that it is becoming a quarterback award, but let me let me quiz you real quick. Can you tell me the last non-quarterback to win it? Is it Desmond Howard? No, dude. You're missing a couple in between. Desmond was like before our lifetime or some shit. Charles Woodson? Nope. You're way he, off. Um, Non-quarterback. Hold on. Reggie Bush, but he got his taken away. Yep. Okay. And that was 2007 five? or six. Seven. Okay. Um, oh, no, no, no. No, you're right. No, Reggie Bush was five. Yep. You're right. Okay. I think you're missing two, I think two, since Reggie Bush. Maybe three. So my point is, is yes, it is numbers-wise a more quarterbacks win, but they do throw in those non-quarterbacks every couple of years maybe to keep the, the people appeased here. So the last non-quarterback to win it was 2020, Devontae Smith. Oh, string bean himself. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then prior to that, I want to say it was it was a running back. Oh, it was Derrick Henry, 2015. So, you know, they're sprinkled in there. Yeah, it's every five years, but you got a couple of dudes that are not quarterbacks. So that's kind of my two thoughts on it. Um, but, yes, I would love to see the four best players go to New York, and that often doesn't happen. Now, I do think a lot of the best talent does go to New York, but I do feel like there's some hidden agenda in there. We're going to throw in a feel-good story. We're going to throw in this guy because maybe he is a a running back but probably doesn't deserve to be there or, you know, vice versa or whatever. So then if this – and I acknowledge, so I, I probably should have looked that up. But so we have had some, obviously, not a ton. We've had one in 2020 – or one in the 2020s, one in 2010s, one in 2000s. We had a lot in the 90s, and then, it, you know, it's it's become basically a quarterback award basically since 2000 with only three people having won it in the last 22 years uh, that were not quarterbacks. However, um, if it is a quarterback award, then, and it's an individual player award, why are they not going to the Michael Penix Juniors who of – Washington, who's stoned for 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns, or Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, 4,200 yards, 36 touchdowns. Like, if it's really right. the greatest yeah. player, why are we not looking at the players like Dwayne McBride, UAB, oh, sorry, Jason Henderson, Old Dominion, he has 179 total sacks, almost 40 more than anyone next on the list total tackles. what school what school old dominion that answers your question so one we already talked about on our uh instagram live thing like this is not previous heisman's uh voting this is not coaches this is not players you know this is an external i'm a reporter or whatever voting on the heisman 
And so one, you have to think this is a popularity contest Two, who is being reported the most follow the dollar bills. Old Dominion doesn't get any coverage. And then three, maybe, you know, the devil's advocate answer here is if he's getting tackles at Old Dominion and he is this great God of tackling, why is he at Old Dominion? So how do you, how do you compare these players that tackle at Alabama versus Old Dominion? You know, so there's just so much because this would be a different, you know, the Heisman, if you will, of the NFL would be a different story compared to the NCAA, just because there's such a broad spectrum of players out there. But from the same respect, Stetson Bennett is ranked number 11. CJ Stroud ranked number 15. Max Duggan, number 16 in total yards. So Hendon Hooker, he has more touchdowns than and probably better wins than Stetson Bennett, but he doesn't get to go. So like how do you make it how do you make it make sense? Like Will Rogers is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett if you look at the numbers. And yeah, he plays in the only, SEC. My, my only counter to this is the you know the Heisman candidates or the Heisman winners will find a way to win. Now, I, I think that's bullshit because there's two sides of the football here. Um, so I think it's hard to take into account uh, a team's record. Now, yeah, if you're like 1-11, like, all right, you're probably not Heisman material, but, you know, defenses can win or lose football games just as easy. And we don't, you know, we don't look at that. Or on the flip side of the ball, like if you're a, a defender and you're, you're having 30 tackles a game, but your offense can't score to save you save their life like okay but i think that's probably their answer and their counter now so to your hendon hooker point i think that he probably should be in new york i think the numbers speak for themselves and my only answer is he doesn't have the games that everyone else will have because he got injured and stetson bennett is a feel-good story so but the numbers speak for themselves the dude had a hell of a season so may, may i got snubbed there i just think if king for a day and I could fix the Heisman Trophy system. Number one, it would be Heisman Trophy winners that vote, and that's it. Okay, done. Heisman Trophy winners only vote, and then you can actually look at rather than like selling, you know, selling newspapers or selling. Nobody sells newspapers anymore. But rather than just being having a story out there that's clickbait, like actually look at players because I, I do think like this, you know, this dude at that's got over 40 tackles more than anyone else. Fuck it. Let that guy go to New York. Like, why not? Why not open it up? Like if he's that good of, I mean, he's still an incredible athlete that he got 40 more tackles than anyone else in the country. And he, so he plays for old dominion. So what? It's about money. That's the rabbit hole that it, we we don't need to get into tonight. Is no one knows who that dude is because he's not pulling in money. He's not getting TV recognition. These dudes aren't writing about him, so he's never going to find himself on the podium because that's not what the people crave and what they're going to click or subscribe or watch. And it's yeah, it's bullshit. And that's like that's like trickle down to a lot of our culture in America right now that I don't necessarily love, but that is the truth of it. Well, let's go into some more stuff that you don't love about America. So I'll give you uh, your choice. We can talk about oh, opting shit. out of oh, full games, or we can talk about transfer portal. What do you want to talk about? Oh, both suck. I, I as a purist of the sport and as a purist of like a very competitive, prideful human being. I don't like a lot of aspects of both of these. So let's start with transfer portal because we've got some, there's, what was it like a thousand people dropped in in the first hour of this thing going live? That's bananas. And so I'll kick it to you. I'll, I'll kind of save my points here for a second because I've got some pretty um, tense takes maybe, but let me hear what you have to say about your beliefs on the transfer portal. Okay, so I tend to be a little bit more moderated here, and here's why. Because I liken this to the military recruiter, right? That they'll they'll tell you a song and dance 
of everything that you can okay. do at that okay. school. I'm, ne- I'm never and thought about sh- it like that. And then you show up and A&M is a great example. Jimbo Fisher sold these players on you come here and we're going to do something special. And then that next year you go four and seven, five and seven. Sorry. So Brace my, me. yeah. Oof. Thanks LSU. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so I think they should be allowed to take a look at other places because they only have so long. This is their life. If they don't go out there and get noticed for the same thing that we were talking about with the Heisman, if they aren't noticed by scouts, then they don't have a chance to play at the next level. And so I do kind of, I now I'll take a different, I have another take on the bowl game stuff and another take from like what you and I would do, like from a personal perspective. Yeah. Okay. But, let me hit, um, let me that's hit my that view first. Let me hit transfer portal. I completely respect your opinion on that. And like I said, I try to be middle of the road and take everyone's uh, opinion left and right on things. Now I am, I am not standing here on my high horse and telling you that I have a fix to this, but I do think it's a little over the top now because what you've got is you're, you've got dudes like JT Daniels and Zach Quesadilla, whatever the hell is Calzada that are now transferring again. Right. And so you've got these dudes coming out that were highly recruited from high school. They go to a big name school. They can't hack it. I'm out of here. I go to another school. I can't hack it. I'm out of here. And I, I acknowledge your point. I need to play so someone can see me. I will not get drafted and make millions of dollars on a bench. Acknowledged. However, I think you lose some of the fundamental baseline of what college sports is supposed to be of the pride, the the camaraderie, the team, right? These dudes don't give – they have no loyalty to Arkansas or A&M or whatever university they're playing at. They're just trying to get to the next level, and that kind of undermines what college football is to me as a, as a viewer. Now, those guys will tell you to kick rocks. I don't give a shit what you think, man. I'm trying to make millions, and, you know, okay, all power to you. But maybe you limit it. You're going to see this trickle-down player effect where you just – funnel through big universities to smaller universities without any consequence. And I'm here for my team. Right. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying no, there? And- no, it it does make sense. And obviously they have eligibility issues, so they still can only play for the same amount of years as they would play if they were at one university. I do think I don't, I do agree with you on the multiple transfers thing. Cause it's at some point like JT Daniels, you said, you do or it's, don't? I do with the multiple okay. transfers thing. Because at some point, JT Daniels, you need to look yourself in the eye in the mirror and say, maybe it's not the team, right? At some point, you got to say, look, maybe it's not meant to be. And you you got to come to grips with that as an adult. Because let's be honest, JT Daniels is like 26 years old, I think. Like, that's some bitches old, okay? <laughs> so... You know, he's like the old guy in the bar on these college campuses. So at some point, you got to be honest with yourself. I wouldn't mind seeing it limited, saying like, hey, you have one or two like transfers that you're allowed to do. You can't just bounce around. Um, I wouldn't mind that. But this is, again, this is like NIL. You open Pandora's box, which I totally agree with NIL. But you open Pandora's box, it's really, really difficult to put a collar on it because you didn't, and you being the NCAA, didn't uh, come, you were forced into this decision because of the courts, and now you can't really go back. If you had made some concessions, then you would have been able to put a collar on it and made it potentially better. So when you combine NIL and the transfer portal, now you've got some bigger issues. Come to my school. I pay you a million dollars. Well, okay, I don't like that. I'm out of here. And now you've got this carousel bouncing around left to right. I think it's going to hurt the NFL in the long run because you're not going to really true, truly see the, the best team displayed on the field, right? Therefore, you won't see the best player. Some of the best players in, in football had to sit for three years and then get their shot. 
They learned behind a good quarterback. They watched. Then they got their shot, and they crushed it. If you bounce around, you can't figure out a system. It may hurt you over help you. And I, and I do totally agree with that because the the differences in quality, in talent, in NFL teams is so small. I mean, every single one of those athletes are absolute individual freak shows. So it really comes down to a lot of those things. And, you know, and a lot of times it comes down to maybe patience of being saying, I'm okay with that because I know that I'm good enough and I'll get my shot or I'm okay because it's about a something bigger than myself. And that's my take kind of on the, as we transition, if you want to, we can go into the, the sitting out the bowl games thing. Yeah. I, you know, maybe a, a good comparison here is if you look at Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, like if you take the transfer portal idea to quarterbacks like that, acknowledge NFL, they had to sit behind someone and they had to learn from them. They didn't get the option to just bounce out and go to another school the next year or another team the next year. Right. So like maybe that's a good comparison, like maybe, you know, a little, little patience, a little watchful waiting would be helpful for these guys going forward. So and, and again, like there is a right answer and we don't have it, but I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And for you and I who are like the core of our being revolves around the team and like the reason why we got into what we do is because of it's about camaraderie and it's about um, doing hard shit with great people um, that I think that makes it an even more difficult pill for us to swallow because I know both you and I have been in a situation where some rando shows up and then they want to be a part of my team. And that's doesn't, that doesn't cut the mustard until you prove yourself. Like, and so JT Daniels transferring two or three or four times, how are you exposed to be a leader in the locker room? Like if he comes into my locker room, I'm auto- I'm automatically like counting that dude out because I don't care what you can do. I know you're only in it for yourself. Yeah. I don't disagree at all. That's a well, that's like a drink a 12 pack and dive into some real shit conversation right there. I completely agree. Some of the best human beings that I've ever met in my life did some really badass stuff for not a lot of money. And it wasn't about that. It was about doing what's right for the team, for your country, for your family, um, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't about the dollar bill. Now, I'm not saying don't go get rich, you know, like I'm all about that, too. I think NIL serves a purpose, and I think these college players probably should get paid. But there's a fine line between bouncing around for the next dollar bill and doing what's right for everyone around you and trying to legitimately jump to that next level. Yeah. So trans, you know, going into the sitting out bowl game because we're getting into bowl season. We got two weeks till bowl season starts. Here's my take on it, and then I'll throw it over to you. If you are playing in the Bob's Tire Shop Bowl, and you're I'm like, going. you know what, guys, you know what, guys, I am, uh, I'm going to sit this out because I don't want to get hurt. I've got good, I've got good options the next level i am totally okay with that like no one's i'm not going to care that you set out the pinstripe fias pinstripe bowl and whatever you know however i cannot myself going back to the team aspect physically imagine saying hey guys especially for like i mean we've already seen players at like New Year's Six Bowl season are sitting out. Oh, that and mid-season too. stuff. Mid-season stuff in Oklahoma State. They're saying, no, I'm sitting out. I can't imagine, like, looking somebody in the eye, like the guys that I've been working with and blood, sweat, and tears type thing, and saying, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Y'all guys can do it without me because it's all about me. I could not imagine that. And if someone who was on my team did that, I would write them off as a human being for the rest of my life. Straight up. 
So you and I tend to be more of a fundamentalist, right? Like on one side, we acknowledge, go make your money. That is, that is wealth that will transcend your kids, 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 right? Right. Totally understand that. You have to do what's right for you and yours. At the end of the day, I will do what's right for my family. I will try to be the best person I can be for my family. Now, the fundamentalist aspect that you and I have been tied back to, and this, again, we, you know, not to belabor the military point, is if one dude doesn't do what's right, one dude doesn't pull security, falls asleep in his foxhole, the entire team, done, right? And so when you look at it from that aspect, we are a unit. We are not individuals. If one dude bounces, it can undermine the entire philosophy of what we stand for, and then everything crumbles. That's a fundamentalist aspect. Not a lot of people kind of see the way you and I see, especially nowadays, but I completely agree. At the end of the day, I owe everything to you. I will be there, right? Like, we are a team. I'll be there. I'm showing up. We're going to win because – and then also, you know, to me, like, I'm, I probably have, like, a diagnosable – behavioral health disease of competitiveness. I'm not sitting out of shit. I'm going to win that game. So, but like I said, I, I, there's two sides to that coin and, you know, we'll, we'll waffle, waffle, wafer. What's the word? Waffle. Waffle's okay. Waffle. Yeah. All right. I would eat a wafer right now though. Dak is the, uh, if y'all guys have seen the video of the pit, uh, or defensive lineman that, that like smashes his head with his own helmet and then like straps that bitch up to go back out on the field. That's Dak, like in a nutshell. Dude, nothing else matters. I told you today, I was playing a pickup game of basketball with random freaking dudes during lunch. And I was like legitimately about to go into cardiac arrest. I was, my eyes were fuzzy. I couldn't see straight. Like the tunnel was closing in. It's like now or never, motherfucker. And I was like, I told myself, like, in my head, I was like, there is zero chance of quitting right now. So you either die on this court or you suck it up and you play the game. Because I wasn't going to quit on those four other dudes. Because even in a stupid game of pickup basketball, I was going to win. So that's uh, that's me to my core, ladies and gentlemen, all of the 19 people that follow. You now know me. So, Yeah, Dak's just lucky that I wasn't there. So I just wanted to dunk on his ass, but. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that. Yeah. Yeah. Roger that. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's transition to the NFL. And it, it's, you know, this is kind of an off week because normally this is where we talk about, hey, what's coming up next week in college football? Uh, we do have one game, but it's not typically the schedule that we go over. Well, so this is a pretty good transition from me about to go into cardiac arrest on a basketball court to uh, a real goat in the world. And that was America's Game of the Week, Sunday night. Tom Brady comes back, gets it done, right? So I have seen a lot of stuff on social media, articles written, et cetera. Tom's comeback. Is it... How the hell did he accomplish that? Because he just throws check down passes. Option one. Option two, Vegas owns football. That's some rigged bullshit. Or three, he's the GOAT. Choose wisely. I think, uh, to be fair, I will throw a fourth in there, is that uh, Andy Dalton in a primetime game is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So he looked I will, really good starting out though. But he, you know, you know, end of the fourth quarter, like when you needed to come up with first downs, you needed to keep the offense moving. Could make it happen. Um, I am in full belief that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think okay. that anyone can deny that. Just when you look at the numbers, the true blue numbers. And by the way, a quarterback that never had the opportunity 
for a Heisman, obviously. I mean, he went to a big school, went to Michigan, was not the guy that we would expect to be the greatest of all time, certainly. Um, but he, I think, is, and I could be totally wrong, but the way that I read the situation in Tampa Bay is com- a completely different situation than the way I read it in New England. Tom Brady was the leader of the team in New England. He was the guy in the locker room that was getting people pumped up. In Tampa Bay, he's like JT Daniels showing up, and he's just in it for him. Which is which is a weird aspect. And so let me counter with two things. Um, one thing that I noticed was when they come back, when they came back and they got that touchdown to keep him in the game. Tom runs over to a lineman and he does like the, I weigh up, you know, 180 pounds and you're 340 pick me up guy. And, you know, Tom jumped to do the celebration and the lineman just like stood there. I was like, that's weird. Either big boys out of breath or that shows the leadership on that offense in Tampa Bay. And then he did it again. And it was the same kind of thing. It was like that obligatory, like, Hey bud, let me patch you. Good job, Tom. But I did not see that camaraderie, that teamwork, that cohesion from that offense. And so that was weird to me. And then to transition to what you specifically said, I did see, and I I cannot fact check this, you know, this was not the big names that drop football stuff, but I did see some rumors that in the offseason, Tom potentially had intentions of going back to New England. And so the one, that would be bananas. Uh, whether you believe that or not. And then two, is that Tom running from himself or is there some inside stuff within Tampa Bay that he's trying to escape? I think uh, 100% that's Tom running from himself. And we've talked about this in other episodes when we've talked about Tom Brady and the whole Giselle thing. And he's in, it's not an isolated incident with him, but and if, but pro athletes, especially the great ones, have a really tough time letting go. They just do. Did you did you see the uh, before the game came on like the pregame thing where it had all the quarter like the great quarterbacks coming on and doing their retirement interviews and like all of them falling apart. One that was that was pretty legit. But two, yeah, like to your point, exactly right. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, even going to a whole totally different sport, right? Tiger in an interview this week saying like, hey, I am ready to play in any golf tournament you want. I just can't walk 18 holes. I can't do it. I certainly can't walk 18 holes for four days. Yeah. And did you see he, he's going to play the majors, nothing else? Yeah, I did did see that. And I love that. Like, I, I think yeah. between you and me, there's probably not too many bigger Tiger Woods fans. Uh, yeah. just what he's been able to do, but it's the, it is the, and golf is a unique sport in that regard, but it's the mentally I can do it, but physically they're not there. And that's, you know, if, if Tom Brady leaves, it, it, he's just running from himself. He's the JT Daniels. This- that's just believes that he can find a better situation and he'll get back to him somewhere else this may be the flip though because the body looks like it can do it dude he was ripping passes like it was like he was 27 years old so you know is this a mental block and and homie needs a couch and not you know a physical therapist kind of thing so yeah well if you're trying to go to a place where there's already established talent and there's already like this proven decently proven record that he could show up that's tampa bay not new england Okay, so let's go from a quarterback that seems to potentially be bouncing around to a quarterback that is very is now becoming the journeyman of football, and that is Baker Mayfield, now traded to the L.A. Rams. Dude, I was kind of surprised by this. Like, homie didn't even have a full season. To me, this screams – and, I hey, I'll tell you, I, I kind of like Baker Mayfield, really wanted to see him succeed. Uh, but to me, this doesn't scream football talent. This screams leadership or something behind the scenes, right? You don't cut a dude after you just bought him off another team, 
midway through a season unless there's something funky going on, at least in my opinion. You know, the dude's not a complete asshat as a quarterback. Now, can he will people to do what he wants on the football field? Can he get wins? Different story. But, I mean, you're the you're the Panthers first off, so you weren't just crushing it to begin with. So you're going to drop a dude midseason because of that? I don't know. Seems a little weird to me. But nonetheless, yeah, he's going to the Rams. Yeah, obviously the injury to Matt Stafford is concerning for the Rams. The Rams season in general is concerning, right? You're coming off a Super 100%. Bowl. Uh, and everything Cooper Cup's injured. Has, has fallen apart since you had it. You couldn't get things going. And it just shows you the fine line but in the NFL between winning and losing. And they have struggled with that. I mean, you got, fuck, a guy that I fucking drafted. One of the reasons why my fan, one of my fantasy teams sucks so bad. Pam Akers. Pam Akers. That he ah. says some, some bitch is gone. First round draft pick. Thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. If you want to sponsor the Drink and Think podcast, no, thank you. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see Baker hang around. That's kind of I not expected. I didn't think he was going to go to the Rams at all. Yeah, and we've seen, to be fair, Geno Smith is a perfect example of quarterbacks that we completely wrote off. Not a chance, complete, you know, complete piece of shit. And then now, gosh, Seattle is just walking away from this whole uh, Russ deal, like like the thief that took the bank. Man, I mean, just just he's he's doing great. They don't want that son of a bitch back. I tell you what, there's Ooh. no riding. There's no ride. All right, so. Uh, let's move from that. We can move into so a little bit more news moving into our picks of the week. Uh, Bills are the first team yeah. ever to go 3-0. and tell you who's riding. Football. That's right. Now, this stat surprised me only because they're the first team ever. It seems like that would not be a difficult, but I guess the it's one of those stats like he's the quarterback that has thrown the most passes with a glove on his left hand and a towel out of his back pocket to a receiver who has parents that are of different races. One of those stats types things, because I guess not a lot of teams play three games on Thursday night football. So correct. correct. Yeah. But that leads us into our picks of the week. And oddly enough, both Dak and I have the same game, but different picks for this week. All right. What you rocking? Okay. So, um, Bills Jets in Buffalo. Bills have had a tough time covering big numbers, right? They've had a tough time covering the spread. They tend to allow teams to hang around. Mike White is obviously he is uh, he's he's getting things done. Uh, it's not it's not pretty, uh, but he's keeping the New York Jets in the game, keeping them relevant. Uh, New York Jets get nine and a half away at Buffalo. I don't. I'm thinking. I'm taking the Jets plus the points. Uh, I think they hang around. They still lose the game, but I think they do hang around here and they're able to get it done. They still got a good defense. I think they'll be able to close with that nine and a half. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. the The Bills have they're questionable against the spread this year. Um, I will say this, Mike White, man, he can sling it. And what a great quote referencing, you know his relationship with Zach Wilson to paraphrase, it was like, you know, Zach Wilson bangs them. I take him out to dinner first, bring him back. And then, you know, slay afterwards or whatever. It was, it was epic on the spot. He crushed it. Uh, and I hope he crushes it on the field, just not so that he wins against the bills. Um, my bet of the week here is I'm going to snag the over and the over is 44 points. You've got these dudes slinging the ball. Uh, yes. You know, so Dave may be hesitant about my guy Josh Allen and you know, kind of red zone efficiency, but these dudes are going to sling the ball. They're going to score some points. Forty four was low to me. I think that you take the over here and you ride into the night. Like forty four is very low for a Bills team by itself, you know. And so uh, you look at the Jets who've been throwing some stuff up, and you you get you get uh, Mike White in there. I I think this is a no brainer for me. 
No, I don't mind that. Um, any other, I guess, uh, some other games that stand yeah, out Yeah, we have to me. talk about one. So, looking forward, it's tough. So, the NFL, to me, matchups-wise, has not been – there's been very few games that just stand out. It's like, yeah, we got to talk that. So, we got games like Baltimore – uh, at the Steelers, there's multiple reports saying Lamar Jackson is going to be out. There's some that's saying he's going to play. We don't know what he's going to be. If he plays, how good is it going to be? Right now, total has flipped. Now Pittsburgh is favored there. Uh, we've got a Philly, Philly, New York Giants game, but I think that game has kind of waned. One that I do like just because of the rivalry is Cleveland at Cincy. Cincy's been coming on lately. They got it done twice against the Chiefs. Coming now, Browns coming to town. I think uh, Cincy getting, or excuse me, Cincy laying six and a half with the Browns coming. That's a tough total, but uh, maybe uh, Cincy has certainly turned it on here in the end of the season. My boy Joey Burr. I, I dude, I love me some Joe Burrow. I think they are absolutely heating up at the right time. They had a slow start, but they are crushing it right now. Um, I expect to see them go deep. I don't think this will be a competition, but I do love the rivalry. I completely agree. Yeah, but before we before we end the episode and kind of in reverse order of our normal, there is yep. one college football game this weekend. I, okay, so if you're listening, that's why I was like, oh, there's one game we have to talk about. I thought this was where you were going, but you weren't. So, yes, continue with our big Saturday matchup. So obviously it's army Navy weekend. A lot of people make up a lot of things about this. There's a lot of really you know, inspiring quotes about the game. You know, uh, how do you feel about army Navy as a veteran with over 10 years of service? So we, you and I kind of alluded to it offline here. Dak and Dave are not West Pointers, to be clear. Now, I used to really hate on West Pointers, and for the most part, the stereotype holds true. I will publicly say that. Now, I did go to infantry school with some really good West Pointers that I'm still friends with today. Few and far between. So, to say that, like, you know, you have, you have like, maybe rivalries within rivalries, right? So... You and I are, are ROTC dudes. Don't usually send too much love for West Pointers. West Pointers being Army, the the football program, right? But that's like that's like beating up your big brother or your best friend, right? Like or making fun of him. Like you know, I'll make fun of Dave, but I'll be damned if anybody else makes fun of Dave. And that's kind of how I see Army Navy. I don't send a, a ton of love for Army as a veteran, as an army dude. But if they're playing Navy, I hope they beat them by 90. That's, you know, all day. That, you know, and we've talked that before with SEC schools. Like, you know, I kind of feel like if you're playing my school, I hope we beat the shit out of you. But if you're playing another conference, I kind of pull for the SEC. That's kind of how I feel here. You? Yeah. Um, I, the army or the, you know, U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Um, it is not the Army. Like, it is not the, like, it is not a subset of the Army. It's not a representation of the Army. But historically, yes, that is the Army team. So uh, I think a lot of people in the Army don't really care. Like, it's like, oh, cool, Army's playing Navy. I'll probably tune in just to see some shitty football. Uh, haven't seen the triple option yeah. in a while. Uh, right. And then, <laughs> and then it'll be like, all right, that was, you know, not worth it. One good thing is it's typically a close game. So it's typically kind of a nail biter. Uh, but when we're talking about betting army Navy, this is where there's a, there's a history here. So if you had bet Dak, if you had bet a hundred dollars, in 2000, the year 2000, on the under for Army Navy, and every year you rebet however much money you won, 
you'd have over $31 million. What? Where in so, the Sam Hill did you pull that stat from? Don't, dude, I'm, I am full of nuggets of wisdom here, folks. If you had bet $100 in 2000 and 21 games later, every single time you bet the under, you rebet your la- you bet your money again. So all of your winnings again, you'd have $31 million because that's how money grows. It's like compound interest type thing. Anyways, the total yeah, so, has gone so that, under. That being said, that it's it's no no over is hit to surmise. The, the total has gone under in the last 14 games going all the way back to 2006 in games involving two service academies. So that's Army, Air Force, Navy, Air Force, whatever. 43 and 9 has gone into the under. That's bananas, dude. Wow. Now, but, do you think do you think that is a we're like rah rah pro America, we're gonna score a bunch of points here? Or is that just like some freak statistic like you were saying left glove, right pocket, you know? I think that it's because you have Three or you have three. You have two triple option teams that play the triple option. They practice against the triple option. And then finally, at the end of the year, they go up against the triple option. And so as a result, you get two teams that can't score a whole lot of points. They don't both. None of these teams can recruit well because anyone that goes there knows they're going to have to go into the military unless they're really, really good. Uh, So... (laughs) You don't have a, a ton of talent. A, so that goes into a good point is West Pointers or the Army, USA, USMA, they can't draft. And so you're pulling dudes that are going to the Army as commissioned officers, not prospects to the NFL. So that changes things. Yeah, now, Navy we, can draft. They can like defer their commission and with approval, yada, yada, they can go to the draft. But – so that's for the longest time put army at a uh disadvantage. Yeah. So you got those and then what you're going to wind up with is a game where there's not going to be a whole lot of points. Now Vegas has caught up to this. The total is a shocking 32 and a half. Okay. 32 and a half. So is this one of those games where you're like it's going to be a 9 to 12, 10 to 17 type game. Or do you say, you know what? This is the time. This is the time where Army Navy is going to hit the over. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Did you like to ride the long train? I can see you betting the under here because you're like, if it's a thousand and oh, we're betting a thousand and one, baby. Let's ride. Uh, 32 is low as hell. Now, I'll tell you this. I have not watched a single Army game this year. I think I've watched one Navy game. Just, you know, doesn't float my boat. 32 is low. I feel like you have to ride the over here. You have to. 32 points. Somebody, in college football, somebody's going to miss an assignment and a couple of touchdowns are going to go in. I'm taking the yeah. over. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is the time, folks. Mark it in your calendars. This is the time you take the over on Army-Navy because neither defense is very good. They're going to be able to break some... You're, they're going to be able to break some plays down. They're going to have some long drives. I mean, for crying out loud, we all you need is five touchdowns. Five touchdowns in four Dude, quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Half the games we watch will have 32 in the first half. That's bananas. So... Anyways, but all right. Well, that, 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 you pulled that. You pulled that from your deep pocket. That is a crazy stat. But uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go against numbers here, and I'm gonna take the over. I like it. I like it. Well, folks, uh, for those that are new here on Drink and Think, uh, we'd like to leave you with a little nugget of wisdom, a little a little thing that can take you into the rest of the week take you into the weekend that you can go home with and you say, damn it, those idiots talked a whole long time, but uh, that one thing they said at the end really mattered. And Dak is going to give you a little wisdom today. 
Yeah. So point one, if you have a podcast, you should probably prepare a safety brief prior to recording said podcast. Point two, if for some reason you are a college prospect football player that stumbled upon our idiot wisdom, your safety brief of the week is go to another fucking school and don't go to Army Navy. Go play somewhere else and then transfer, you know, three or four times until you find the right spot. And then, you know, hopefully you make millions of dollars and you'll give some kickback to old Dak and Dave here because we probably need it. So safety brief of the week. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. We drank some beers. We talked some sports. And I got to hang out with my best friend. So that's what we get to do. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Later, bro.